0: Peter Jarre has a doctorate in geotechnical engineering. He's a specialist in geotechnical and environmental issues on waste rock deposits, mining infrastructures, landfills and brownfields. Since 2015, his focus is on the environmental and social impact of digital technologies. He's founder of Slow Web Association. Something I'd highly recommend checking out at slowweb.org. Pietro starts our conversation by recounting his early years in mining, leading up to the Los Frales tailings dam disaster.
1: After my graduation and my PhD in geotechnical engineering, I, I did quite a lot of consulting work. Uh, around the world uh, for uh, geotechnical issues. And so uh, often I was involved with the stability of uh, tailing dams and, uh, in general, uh, landfills and waste deposits uh, of rocks for the mining industry. My first uh, large assignment was with uh, an asbestos mine near Torino, which was closed in 1991 when asbestos was uh, banned, asbestos production and use was banned. I I did work for the stability of the waste uh, rock uh, dams. It was a very small mine. Uh, The production was 100,000 tons per year, while uh, later on in my career, I worked for... uh, Mines with, whose production was 100,000 tons per day. Uh, one of these mines was the Asnal Collier mine. Uh, actually, the, the name of the mine is Los Frailes, is uh, close to the Asnal Collier village in, uh, in Andalusia, where since uh, 3000. Four, uh, sorry, 5,000 years ago, 3,000 before Jesus Christ, uh, uh, mining activities uh, took place. In uh, that part uh, it's uh, between uh, its uh, on the border from Spain and Portugal, there is a so-called pirate belt where copper, uh, iron, and uh, many other metals, might be mined. The Rio Tinto uh, multinational actually started there. Rio Tinto in uh, Spanish means the Red River. And just the name of that company, Rio Tinto, explains that uh, these mines had uh, an impact on the surrounding environment since thousands of years ago. In Asnal Collier, uh, my uh, assignment was uh, in 1998, uh, was uh, to uh, manage the reclamation works due to the failure of the tailing dam, uh, which occurred uh, that year. In essence, as it happens, uh, very uh, much more often than uh, we believe i will come back on this point uh, what happened is that uh, uh, the dam uh, containing the tailings which are created by the crushing of the minerals to extract the metals this tailing dam uh, rotated uh, opened and uh, the, con- the the tailing contained in the dam uh, partly uh, flew uh, down in the in the river and uh, in the end uh, they continue to flow downhill for 40 kilometers uh, into the Doniana Park the Doniana Park is uh, a sort of a bird sanctuary where most birds uh, f- flying from Europe to Africa stop a sort of rest stop for birds and uh, because of this, uh, the tailings uh, flowing from the tailing dam which failed uh, down uh, to the Doniana Park, uh, this, uh, this sanctuary has uh, been uh, heavily polluted. In essence, uh, uh, the, the sludge uh, flowing down, uh, not so much, but anyway, 5 million cubic meters of uh, very acidic sludge covered as a cake for 10, 20, 30 centimeters uh, on on the topsoil, uh, covering olive trees, uh, uh, orchards, and everything uh, everything, uh, reached uh, by the flooding my experience in spain at the end of that uh, of the century uh, showed that uh, uh, despite boliden the swedish mining company uh, spent a fortune something uh, if i remember like 150 million euros plus uh, the mine had to be closed and the mine had to be closed uh, not because of technical reasons, not because the ore was no longer available, not because technologies were not available uh, to protect the environment, the population, and so on, but because, in essence, the economy of that region, of Andalusia, was no longer so uh, low, so poor. Hence, the local administration the politicians, and even the society as a whole, could afford the idea of stopping mining activities. That had been uh, 15 years before my experience with the small asbestos mine in Balangero, as well as my experience in Sicily, where I, in essence, worked in order to close down in a proper and safe way the sulfur and potash mines of Sicily. Those uh, mines uh, were opened uh, 100 years uh, before, more or less, and uh, in, uh, during the century uh, supplied potash, salts uh, for fertilizers and uh, industrial processes. But uh, in the 60s and 70s had to be shut down progressively Because in essence, uh, potash is uh, produced in a much cheaper uh, way and in orders of magnitude uh, higher uh, from uh, Saskatchewan, in Saskatoon, the the prairies uh, of uh, Canada. There is more potash there than, I think, in, in uh, all, all the salt domes in Germany and even the small mines uh, in Italy. The social conditions surrounding those mines in, uh, in Italy, as well as the, as the Los Frailes mine in Spain and so on, had changed, and uh, from a situation of extreme uh, poverty... The land, uh, the society surrounding the mines uh, had reached a level that, as I said, would allow the people around to live without the mine. Now, what has changed uh, uh, dramatically from the two hundred years ago to current days is that uh, while mines in uh, two hundred years ago lasted for many decades, and so when a mine was open a new society would would be created with uh, schools, infrastructures, houses and the like, eh? which is the case, for instance, of uh, North uh, France or uh, Ireland, I think, uh, or for sure, Wales. Uh, The new mines, uh, uh, which are created now in Africa, for instance, last uh, very often uh, for uh, uh, one decade, if not uh, less. And so that uh, uh, change in the social conditions, the sudden wealth created by the mining activities and the sudden poverty created by shutting down the the mines is uh, a much uh, quicker process. Later on, uh, 20 years ago in my career, I was involved with uh, not exactly a mining activity, but with uh, the aluminum refinery uh, located in Sardinia. Uh, Southwest uh, Sardinia, it's called uh, Sulcis, uh, as much as uh, southwest of Spain, was mined uh, since thousands of years ago. Uh, Sardinia was the place where the ancient Romans took uh, uh, iron from, of course, using slavery and the like. In that area, uh, during the fascism, uh, coal mines were opened because the idea of Mussolini was to have an independent uh, economy. And uh, so they mined the very poor coal from uh, southwest uh, Sardinia they opened the mine of Carbonia, from carbon. Carbonia is a new town, was a new town, now it's, uh, it's quite derelict land. And uh, that, sulf, uh, that that coal was actually full of sulfur, quite terrible uh, in terms of quality, much poorer than uh, the coal you can mine in Germany, or Poland, and the like. However, was an Italian product. Uh, with uh, the end of the war uh, in the 50s, uh, the coal mines were shut down, uh, f- I would say, fortunately. However, the problem was uh, in that region, which was originally uh, based on an uh, economy uh, of agriculture, in that region, all the farmers, the former farmers, migrated into small towns became miners, uh, became dependent on a salary. And so in the 60s, we had a huge problem of uh, assistance. And since then, the Italian government put millions, I would say billions at this point uh, in that area in order to sustain an economy which was actually non-sustainable. What happened there is that uh, in the early 70s, they uh, had the idea of uh, installing in that area a a full uh, supply, uh, let's say, supply chain of uh, aluminium. The great idea was if we supply electricity and we uh, create a waste dump for the red muds, We can import bauxite uh, from Australia. We can uh, refine it in order to produce uh, aluminium oxide, Al2O3, pouring into the bauxite, which is crushed uh, in essence, caustic hydroxide, which is uh, NaOH, and creating uh, in that way a product which is called alumina in Italian, we can, uh, with uh, the use of electricity, a lot of it, we can create aluminium. And uh, in doing so, uh, in essence, we uh, keep uh, the jobs uh, which uh, the, mining, the previous mining activities uh, do not uh, supply anymore. So in that area of Sardinia, which was plagued with the consequences of mining coal as well as metals, Uh, hence has a a very spread contamination on top soils in the air, and so on of lead uh, and many other heavy metals. They had also to live with the consequences of the aluminium production. The name of bauxite actually comes from Le Beau de Provence, which is a small village near Avignon. And indeed, in Marseille, which is downstream Avignon, uh, there is still now, I think, uh, a, an aluminium refinery, which is, by the way, dumping the red muds on the bottom of the sea. The outcome is that uh, uh, I think two-thirds of the original material goes into a sludge, uh, which, is, uh, which is very, very liquid, which is pumped into into tailing ponds okay so again we uh, need a tailing pond uh, close to the refinery because actually uh, a lot of uh, a lot of waste is produced and this is an important point Jerry which i think uh, might might be of interest for the people who are not familiar with mining the problem in general around the world is not to find ore, minerals, and so on. All the earth crust is rich in, in that. For instance, along the seaside uh, near Genova, there is an historical village, beautiful, touristic, which is literally sitting on the largest titanium reserves of the world. The problem is not to find ores, the problem is to mine it, and uh, survive the consequences in terms of environmental impact, uh, of social impact, uh, and, and so on. People know that uh, oil sands exist in Canada, but people should know that from Kiev uh, eastward, there is uh, there are enough oil sands uh, to kill the planet many hundreds of times. Huh? The problem is not uh, the lack of resources. The problem is that exploiting these resources are Or better, mining them in a sustainable way is very, very difficult. It's almost impossible in my experience because, in essence, in Spain, in Sardinia, in Sicily, and so on, my experience shows that, showed showed to me that the mining activity is uh, typically, at least uh, in this part of the world, where we have. relatively wealthy uh, states, it's an activity which is uh, carried on in terms of exploitation, preliminary studies, uh, setting of infrastructures and so on. It's carried on on the the shoulders of the taxpayers. Then the exploitation is uh, really generating profit. So the taxpayers, so the public part, the first phase is public. The second phase, exploitation, is private. Profits go to uh, specific private companies. And then the real game starts. The real game is decommissioning, closing, and so on. There are thousands of mines uh, closed around the world, uh, including in Europe. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of tailing ponds which have been abandoned, while a tailing pond should be carried cared. Of, uh, for hundreds of years, uh, and uh, the last phase, the, third, uh, the phase number three, is again public. So costs are public and profit are private, that is uh, my, my summary. The Los Frailes mine in Spain, after was in essence closed 20 years ago, five years ago, I think, eh, was considered to be reopened. The reason? The reason is simple. The unemployment rate in Andalusia, which was low 20 years ago because tourism, because Sevilla celebrations and so on, because the new industry in Sevilla was boosting. Five years ago, the rate of unemployment in Andalusia was one of the highest in Europe, 30%. And so what do we do, guys? We open again the mine. doesn't matter if uh, opening the mine uh, gives only, in brackets, a few hundreds of jobs. Those are jobs. And those are the jobs that people might remember. Huh? So there was a discussion five years ago about reopening those mines. And I wouldn't be surprised if we go into a, into a recession, I wouldn't be surprised, Jerry, if we, cons- we really reconsider reopening some mines in uh, Island Wales, or Sardinia or, or Sicily. The Los Frailes uh, mine is actually an open pit, so it's uh, already a type of uh, a type of uh, system which is uh, suitable for new technologies. While the old mines, maybe the, our collective imaginary, are uh, 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 dark <laughs> alleys, no, dark tunnels. And, uh, underground, uh, the, 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 the modern operations since, uh, let's say 30 years ago are just very large open pits. Hmm? And so, uh, there are just, uh, very, very large uh, quarries. When i I mean, very large, I mean kilometers by kilometers. Huh? And uh, Los Frailes is suitable for that. Uh, other mines, like in Ireland and uh, England or Italy, and not by chance because uh, of the high density of population, are instead underground and very old operations and so on. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Europe goes into a deep economic recession that we will restart considering some mining activities. Indeed, today what what we see, we see, I think uh the end or a, at least a, a long temporary phase of deglobalization or regionalization due to a number of reasons economical reasons transportation costs and so on and political reasons and uh, so I think that uh, Europe will have to rely on uh, much closer sources for the materials the materials we that we need, more and more because the, of the ICT industry demand. Hmm? So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we will see uh, Europe, number one, trying to exploit more the mines in the East Europe, in the Balkans uh, and the like, in North Africa, and then reconsider some uh, situations like the Andalusia situation. As I said, uh, it's uh, just a matter of uh, economical and uh, and uh, social uh, conditions. I was not surprised when a couple of uh, weeks ago, we read the news about uh, the potential new mines for rare earths in north of uh, Sweden, in Kiruna. Kiruna, it seems that uh, there is a lot of lithium, if I remember and uh, that is not really important what matters is that uh, in the Kiruna region region, people are used to mining activities so all the society is prone ready to accept what uh, goes with mining i think that uh, we should stop thinking that uh, these are technical problems which require technical solutions These are political, economical, and social problems which require political, social, economical solutions. We really need to change gear and to stop using the amount of materials we we use. We need to stop uh, buying a new uh, smartphone every two years and the like. As much as uh, I'm very keen about, uh, we need to stop uh, creating more, uh, using more data. Because in the end, uh, like in mining, most of what we do is waste. If you're thinking about copper production, uh, gold production, of course, uh, silver production and the like, 99, 99 point something percent, it's waste. Of the data we produce every, every day, how much it's waste? 90%? 95? 99? 99.9? I mean, we all know that we send, receive mail, uh, we see videos. Yesterday, uh, during a conversation, I heard someone say, oh yes, I switch on a video, but then I, I do other things in my house while I listen to the video. And I thought, if you need to listen, why on earth are you switching on a video? Huh? An audio like this one, the podcast is much more environmental friendly than a video. If you don't see it, if you don't watch it, why are you uh, doing that? But uh, in, every, in every single house in Europe you go, there is a TV which is permanently on permanently at eight in the morning at midnight that is the habit that we need to stop and so in money, like in using digital technologies we really need to learn and to learn back eh? because we used to know it we used just a few hundred years ago we used to leave Having a much lower environmental footprint, I think that's the uh, the real hope I see that my my sons my my niece and my nephew start to really think in a different way i'm using what I need, so even mining activities uh, uh, might become i i wouldn't say sustainable but less unsustainable
0: brilliant um there's so much there, Petro. Uh, look, let me unpack uh, some of it. You know, everything you've said, I 100% um, I agree with. But just to get um, a few a few things I'd like to just go into in a little, little more, more detail. Something you said earlier near the beginning of our conversation about how um, mining 200 years ago was... You know, going to be there for a generation. Mining today is going to be there for for maybe ten years. So, just and another thing that it seems like the the equipment or the technology of mining, the automation of mining, is more destructive. It's more likely that historical mining, a kind of burrowed under the earth and still left the surface. Uh, um, hole, so to speak, or the would be silent. it, whereas now it seems that it's more economic to basically rip up the surface with, with massive machines. So, in, in essence, mining has become even less sustainable, modern mining, than mining 200 years ago. Would that be true?
1: Today, a damper in a mine is carrying 200 tons just a few decades ago was 20 tons okay Uh, so the size of equipment the automation and so on requires much larger much larger uh, operations yes it's a matter of scale
0: so i've been reading about um, the history of mining and the amazon and, and Guinea and in Ghana and, and and countries like that and and what I've been finding is that you know the say the public relations might say oh yeah but it's progress and it's jobs and what like like that but what I've been finding is that for many in the local communities they don't get good job jobs in these mines uh, because a lot of they bring in professionals or otherwise but what often happens is that the whatever was there before, whether it was, you know, agriculture or fishing, gets devastated uh, so that when the mines leave, they leave leave them in a much worse situation than they were before the mines arrived.
1: Yes, because the economy is no longer connected with the land. Traditions have gone. And I use this word about the mining industry in Sardinia. The people before were independent. Very poor, but independent. Then they became dependent on a salary.
0: But another thing as well is that in, in, often in areas, the very land becomes polluted, the waters become polluted. So the fish the fish are no longer there. The soil is no longer. So even if they want to go back to, it's, it's, it's sometimes very difficult because of the pollution.
1: You're right. I, I took that for granted. <laughs> yes, of course. You're right. In uh, Sardinia, the, mm, the, the, the issues uh, due to coal and lead and zinc uh, uh, mining are such that there is uh, a very clear indication uh, in terms of uh, epidemi- epidemiological studies, huh? in terms of uh, tumours, Diseases and the like in essence, if you consider twenty years, all kind of food which is cultivated there wine olive tr- olives and the like all has been banned at some point in time because analysis showed that uh, was not uh, under uh, limits mm-hmm. uh, and not to mention groundwater, of course. Uh, Water is gone, is fucked up, forever. Because in essence, mining uh, is uh, what, what, what you do with, in mining is that you extract a rock and you crash it. So what you do, you multiply by order of magnitudes the surface which is in contact no? with water, and so the ability of water to leach out metals. Okay hence the Rio Tinto name. It's a river which is uh, red, in essence, because of the leaching of metals, because, uh, because you are crushing everything, no? And, uh, and so the, the outcome is that uh, where, where you had a, a solid rock, uh, after that you have a sludge, mud. And in mud, uh, we, we died.
0: And as well, it's not simply the mixing and the crushing of the the minerals existent in the place. Often, they've been adding chemicals uh, to 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 leach out the the specific materials that they're looking for. So you get you get. It's not just a, a, a so-called natural mud. It's 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 a it's a very dangerous mud.
1: Gold is produced uh, using uh, cyanides, no, uh, uh, mercury, sorry, and uh, yeah, there is no mining activity which is not, uh, which is not political. I mean, with my company, uh, Golder Associate, we, we did a lot of consulting work around the world uh, to, uh, we used to say to make a sustainable mining, I would say today, yes, that was a direction. but however, in essence, what we were doing were limiting the damage, reducing the damage of an activity which can be controlled only if we reduce the demand of metals.
0: Tell me uh, something, Vito, about these tailing dams. You know because the, th- uh, there's a lot of invisibility about these, and as you said, they're I- in a way they're they're like ticking time bombs.
1: Most, not all, the mining activities uh, require, uh, beside the 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 crushing uh, system, the crushing plant, beside uh, the refinery, a tailing uh, pond. The place where to dispose of uh, uh, the tailings generated by the process. This pond might be, uh, could be in theory, a natural valley. You fill the valley with uh, tailings. That has been done in places like Indonesia. Uh, and of course, if you put the tailings in a in a in a valley. The waters which were flowing freely in the valley will flow into the tailings, and the waters which were coming from the valley downhill, down gradient, will flow down gradient in one way or the other. The idea that you can uh, control uh, the outflow from tailing ponds uh, is, uh, I think, it's a mere illusion. However, what we are talking about, we are talking about something like uh, 4,000 tailing ponds uh, of large size uh, around the world. These facilities should be looked after, cared off uh, for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Somebody say 10,000 years, but uh, that's that's true for... <laughs> For radioactive waste, not for mining waste. I think eh, let's let's say let's say one thousand years. One thousand years, okay. Uh, that is not uh, the case, and very often uh, these ponds are abandoned, and more often that we know, uh, fail. Now. They might fail in a very spectacular way, like uh, the Vale Bento Rodriguez, uh, uh, the, the Bento Rodriguez mine of Vale in Brazil five years ago, uh, I think. Uh, five years ago, 60 million cubic meters of uh, tailings flew down re- the river, down to the ocean. I'm pretty sure that was not the first uh, time those mines uh, caused. Uh, Problems. Every year at least two, but often three or five large tailing ponds fail. Every year, hundreds of tailing ponds leak contamination in the surrounding environment. Okay? And sometimes they are designed in such a way that they leak. Now, one of the issues which I learned uh, are very important with tailing ponds uh, is the amount of water which is within the tailings and on top of tailings. If uh, think about uh, a paste uh, a tooth uh, paste if you if you have uh, if you if you leave a tooth uh, paste uh, <laughs> a toothpaste uh, in the environment uh, it goes nowhere because, the fluidity of the material is very low. doesn't go anywhere. In essence, a toothpaste would not need any dam to be contained. And that is also true for tailings from the mining industry. If they can be dehydrated and worked in such a way that you create a paste, uh, the environmental risk... Uh, due to tailings, uh, is uh, uh, very much uh, uh, reduced. Indeed, uh, uh, we, uh, with my consulting company, we created uh, uh, facilities, many facilities around the world, where actually the sledge was worked, of course, uh, spending some money, making some investments, uh, worked in such a way that uh, uh, the outcome was a paste with many many advantages from the stability point of view, from the environmental impact point of view, and and uh, and the workability of all the all the all the cycle. However, that is not uh, the common case, and often these sludges are deposited at a very high water content. And not only, the tailing pond itself is used by the refinery as a reservoir for water. And so what happens is that if you have a failure, and this is what I learned, and which I didn't find so much uh, clearly explained in the books, the problem is not necessarily the failure of the tailing pond in absence of floating water. But if you have a lot of floating water, you have everything fluid, fluid fluidified. Huh? Uh, and, uh, and so everything uh, flows down much, uh, at a much uh, higher distance, at a much higher uh, speed, with uh, uh, much uh, la- wider consequences. So I would recommend that uh, everywhere uh, you have to deal with a tailing pond, watch the water balance, watch how much water is left on top of tailings, because that is the most important uh, risk uh, that you need to manage.
0: What you said earlier as well is that, you know, the prospecting, the taxpayer uh, pays for the prospecting for the mining, the actual mining for itself, Uh, private industry profits from it but basically the tailing ponds are left to the public is that basically it's the taxpayer who must take up this a thousand year care of 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 these tailing ponds
1: yeah but uh, that is also it's also very often the situation with the manufacturing industry i'm sitting in torino where we have gone through 30 years of uh, brutal deindustrialization which has left uh, many industrial sites which are now uh, to be reclaimed to be to be reused but the cost for uh, the cost for remediation and so on are not uh, uh, addressed to the former industry but are on our shoulders of taxpayers that is uh, nothing nothing different with the mining industry with the differences of the size of investments needed to reclaim a mining site are orders of magnitude higher however on, on the opposite they are very often in very remote areas so people people don't care because they don't see it
0: they they don't see it but of course it see, it seeps into the water table could you uh, tell us the, the journey of bauxite a little bit about the processing of what it involves and how much electricity how much energy
1: in uh, in that area of sardinia i mentioned where in the 70s uh, they installed uh, uh, all the supply chain for aluminium for bauxite to the to the window frames huh? Uh, ready for, uh, for uh, construction industry, uh, they had to build uh, a sort of 50 megawatt uh, power plant, a specific power plant for that industry. Hmm? Uh, which uh, which uh, is just telling us that uh, you cannot just install an aluminum smelter in a, a, every place you want. As much as, uh, Jerry, uh, today is the case with uh, data centers. Huh? Data centers which uh, suck uh, power in the order of uh, 3, 5 mega, megawatts, huh? uh, they require a specific power plant for them uh, themselves.
0: Maybe just to um, focus a little bit on the red mod,
1: Yes, the red mats. Uh, I uh, I think we should uh, yeah we should re- remind that red mats uh, have a pH between ten and twelve. So you don't want to put your finger in it eh? because of course you burn. The that is the main uh, the main uh, feature. They have uh, they contain all sort of heavy metals. I might mention chromium-6, uh, chromium, six, uh, chromium uh, mercury, uh, and the like. They contain arsenic. Uh, they contain all sort of uh, nice uh, stuff. Fluorides, uh, at least in Sardinia that was the main problem of fluorides. All stuff uh, whose uh, tolerable concentration is... Uh, in parts per million, huh? Micro, uh, milligram per ton, parts per million. On top of that, uh, bauxite, <clears throat> like uh, other natural materials, have a weak but uh, important radioactivity. So, an activity, they uh, have emissions in terms of radiations. So, nobody uh, should be scared of this. However, we must be aware of the fact that a lot of construction materials uh, keep having this uh, radioactivity because natural uh, occurring materials, uh, rocks, particularly rocks uh, coming from specific uh, processes like rocks coming from volcanoes and the like, they have uh, this uh, uh, radioactivity. Uh, we are talking about uh, mainly alpha radiations. So radiations radiations that our skin is able to, to stop. So the problem is not that if you are in front of a, <coughs> a radioactive rock, nothing happens to you because the, our skin is good enough to protect. However, what happens when you're crushing it and you're making dust very fine dust, what happens is that you inhale, you breathe, and you inhale. And when you inhale, and uh, a particle goes into your lungs, we don't have the skin in the lungs. If we had skin in the lungs, we could not breathe. And so those particles go in direct contact with with the lungs, uh, and uh, then the radioactivity might uh, take place. There are studies uh, uh, about this, it's not, uh, bauxite is one of many materials, uh, phosphor, gibsums, and uh, other materials have uh, similar properties. In general, uh, uh, I would say, in general, it's never a good idea to inhale dust huh? in our cities. Uh, because of the combustion of uh, coal and oil and and so on, of wood, and as well as it's not a good idea inhaling uh, dust from uh, red mints and uh, mining uh, by-products.
0: It's interesting you talk about the red dust because it seems to be a, a common theme that I have discovered in when people in the Amazon, where a lot of um, uh, uh, bauxite and alumina processing goes on, in, in Guinea and Ghana and countries, they, a lot of the local people talk about the red dust with with a lot of fear that it it, it and it's so fine. As well,
1: yeah, because it's it's a powder, no. Another interesting point we might make a, a, about a tailing ponds, uh, if I may. Hmm? Uh, in my experience, uh, I was involved with a couple of uh, tailing pond uh, failures, but fortunately, in those situations, uh, nobody was killed. Particularly in uh, Los Frailes, Andalusia. Nobody uh, was killed because uh, this uh, flooding actually occurred, uh, was not very high, hmm? uh, was not a high wave uh, of uh, water. And uh, because the morphology, uh, the landscape shape, was, uh, is uh, typical already of the final uh, length of the river. Uh, the situation is very different when you are talking about tanning ponds which were located on the alps for instance because the mines uh, took uh, place in the past tanning was uh, produced and pumped on uh, tanning ponds uh, hanging on uh, literally hanging on top of mountains which is, was also the case of, uh, of the Brazilian mine I mentioned before, the Bento Rodriguez. If you go on the web, uh, there was a camera watching this dam. It's, uh, it's really impressive. And uh, the tanning pond at Bento Rodriguez was hanging uh, on, on uh, along a slope uh, on a hill. In Brazil, they had uh, nine people killed. But I, I being an Italian uh, geotechnical engineer, I cannot uh, avoid mentioning, cannot miss uh, mentioning what happened in Valdistava. I think was uh, 35 uh, years ago, more or less. Eh? Valdistava is near Trento, northeast Italy was this tiny pond basin uh, hanging on uh, slopes uh, in three basins one on top of the other typical situation i think was built uh, how can i say up uh, uphill so you, you build the first layer then with uh, with the the same uh with the same uh, uh tailing uh, which is drying along the borders of the of the pond, you you build another race, huh? you race up uh, and top to toe to crest uh, upstream, and in Valistava at some point everything failed, and I'm pretty sure 230 people were covered with meters and meters of mud that was the consequence of uh, mining activity which had been abandoned not looked after and so on. and that was a real a very small pond in terms of in terms of cubic meters i think it was a matter of 30 50000 or half a million i mean nothing 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 comparable to the 5 million in andalusia or the 60 million in brazil eh? However, uh, because uh, there was a camping uh, site uh, downhill, because uh, we are in a very highly crowded, no? high high density population uh, area, and so on, that is where, when uh, you you understand that mining must take place only in some 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 areas, not uh, not others, uh, for sure.
0: Maybe to summarize again, and, and you did summarize earlier that. You know, we need to kind of use, reuse materials, use less materials, that we can't keep going at this rate of material consumption. Maybe that would be a good way to to summarize or to final, your your final talk.
1: In terms of uh, consumption and efficiency and so on, I'm an engineer and I noticed today, I noticed that uh, when I studied, Uh, engineering uh, 40 years ago as much as when my son who is now 35 studied engineering 10 years ago all we were uh, all we learned was uh, a series of uh, procedures processes methodologies in order to increase the efficiency of uh, units the efficiency of an engine the efficiency of a chip the efficiency of a fridge and the like. Technical uh, people, engineers, and so on, they focus very much on uh, uh, reducing the consumption, the unitary consumption. But actually, the the real stakeholder which matters, which is called Earth, the Earth don't care about uh, the efficiency of a single engine. The Earth care as is impacted by the product of the unitary efficiency multiplied by the number of tools which run. So, the Earth would be much less impacted if only one huge ship with a horrible 200 years old engine would carry goods from China to Europe every day, instead of one million ships with extreme efficient. The point is, Jerry, is how much we use, how many engines, how many computers and so on. So I think the the point uh, 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 is that to reduce the consumption of materials as much as to reduce the amount of fossil fuel, uh, of energy we use, the point is not to increase the efficiency of photovoltaic panels and so on. The, the point is to use less electricity, period. To move uh, to when it's necessary and not when it's not. To create technologies which help us in using less materials instead of the opposite. All the ICT industry, for instance, today, is uh, developing products which increase our uh, use of, uh, of the web. We said uh, years ago we want to move bytes instead of atoms, but uh, today the amount of bytes that we move is increasing at such a rate that uh, we already have an impact on the energy consumption. And I don't think a solution is to use uh, renewable energy for data centers. The the point is we should not uh, fill the data centers with all the crap that we're filling with. As much as with the mining industry, we are very, very, very efficient in creating huge dumps, huge landfills. It seems that humans' first ability is to... Shit, sorry to shit in some place, eh? And to leave the land full of garbage waste, but with data, with materials, and the like. So the the the, the issue is uh, is to be tackled uh, at the root. No, let's uh, reduce. Uh, let's uh, try to build engineers which are able to understand how to decrease. <coughs> the number of cars used, not how to make the cars more efficient. It's called the rebound effect. It's a well-known phenomenon. If if you increase the efficiency of an engine, you should tax the new engine more in such a way that uh, people don't buy more engines. Not uh, not, uh, hoping that increasing the efficiency... Unit efficiency will uh, will uh, better the world is uh, is a, is very primitive thought.
0: If you're interested in these sorts of ideas, please check out my book, Worldwide Waste, at jerrymagovern.com. To hear other interesting podcasts, please visit thisisHCD.com.